Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it's just the one verse. So often quoted, but it's been in my spirit for some time now. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. Lord has instructed me to direct this word tonight. Do anyone here who has ever had or lives with a disability of any kind? Physical, mental, spiritual, any situation that has ever caused you to believe that you are somehow unable, uneducated, not talented enough, maybe unworthy with the help of the Lord and his anointed word, Jesus wants to remind someone tonight that he is more than able. More than able. I wish that you would stand all across this place and put your Bible down. We are going to bless this word right now. Lord Jesus, in your name, Lord, you are here right now with us, and we are at your service. We need you, O oh God, and we need a clear word in our ears. We need your anointing, Lord Jesus, and I need you to help me do what you've called me to do, and I believe that you will. Because you are more than able. You are more than able. In Jesus' name we pray. I wish you would put your hands together right now. If you believe that he's more than able. In Jesus' You may be seated. In the book of Exodus chapter 2, it gives us a story of the birth of Moses. In the story of the birth of Moses, we have a man of the tribe of Levi, Amram. We have a woman of the tribe of Levi, Jochebed. They get together and they conceive and they bring forth a child. child is born. The Bible says that it, it is even a goodly child. It's a goodly child. Goodly meaning healthy, strong, beautiful baby. But there was a big problem. There was a big problem, one that they had no control over, Pastor. It was a boy. It was a boy. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a boy. It was a boy. And this was a problem only because Pharaoh, being a little bit intimidated by the number of Hebrews, felt that he needed to do something about that. So he had charged that all the baby boys be cast into the river and all the girls be saved, the baby girls. And I'm just being real with you that the first thing that would come to any one of our parents' mind if we heard that or if we were going into that situation is going to be, ain't nobody going to take my baby. There ain't nobody going to take my baby. I don't care who it is. I don't care who the order came from. There ain't nobody that is going to take my baby, and I wish I had a Holy Ghost-filled mama and daddy right now. Let something rise up in your spirit 
when every device and every tool of the enemy is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy your child. I pray that we have some mamas and daddies who will make it well known. I'm not letting anybody. I'm not letting anything. I'm not letting any system take my baby. I'm not going to surrender my child to the enemy. Devil, you can't have them. Call me overprotective if you will, but I'm not going to allow anything to take my child. There must be something that rises up in you that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not going to let things in that would cause them to be enticed, if you will. Not going to allow them a little taste or a little peek. God help me not even to laugh at something. Come on, somebody. That might be on the fringes. I don't want to give the enemy a place in the name of tolerance. I refuse to give the enemy a seat at my kitchen table. Can I get somebody to say amen? Jacobet did what she could, but she knew it wouldn't last. Three months old, still so tiny, so little, still waking up every two hours to eat, still head a little bit wobbly, still not strength enough in his, in his little neck to keep it straight, just beginning to recognize mama and daddy's voice, but something hard had to be done. She couldn't hide him any longer. The plan was devised to build an ark out of the bulrushes. She sealed it up as best she could with the slime and with the pitch and laid the baby in it, placed it in the flags near the river's edge, prayed that a miracle would take place, and she let her newborn baby go, just like that. She had no idea what was going to happen next. Some of you all are like me, and you find yourself in a season where you have to let a kid go there and make their way into the world. Parents with seniors, I'm talking to you. You find yourself in this valley of decision. Have we done enough? Have we taught enough? Are they ready? Are they going to make it? What if something happens? Am I just supposed to let them go? Am I just supposed to let them go out into the world? But I'm reminded for my sake that I have a daughter who's getting ready to graduate that 17 years ago right here in this very room when she was just a baby, we gave her back to the Lord. We dedicated her to the Lord. We knew we were going to need some help. We knew that we couldn't do it on our own. And now I can let go and let God begin to do the rest. And let God's hand direct it and take it from here. I have confidence that he would, that he will. Jacobed was going to need the same hand of direction. She was going to need a miracle. And a miracle is exactly what she got. Pharaoh's daughter would find him. He, she would name him. She would need a nursemaid for him. And that turned out to be his real mom's. And, and, and a real mom got even paid for it. Moses grew healthy alongside his birth family before going off to the palace. Sometimes the sacrifice that you have to make might seem uncomfortable to you at first. But if you will get yourself to the place where you want the things of God more than you want the things of this earth, 
If you can get yourself to the place where you want the things of God more than you do the things of this world, you will begin to lay a foundation that is unshakable, a foundation that is built on the things of God, a foundation that your future generations will remember. Just like Moses did, there will come a day when you will remember your foundations. You'll remember what mama did. You'll remember how daddy prayed. Wait a minute, I'm not just going to stand by and watch that Hebrew take a beating like that. I'm going to intervene a little bit. I remember when mama had to make some hard decisions on my behalf. And while Moses left the palace, Hebrew says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of in, in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He left the comforts, but God had him right where he wanted him. Because God's plans are not our plans. God's ways are not our ways. God begins to reveal himself to Moses. You know the story. God begins to deal with him very specifically. Tells him what he intends for him to do. I intend to use you, Moses. I have chosen you, Moses. And it's in this process that through the dialogue between God and Moses that we discover a secret. We discover something that's going on. I've done my best to study this out as, as best I could. Tried to talk to some people about it. Spoken to a few that, that study the word in far greater detail than I do. And there was a difference of opinion, but all that I know to do is take the word of God at face value. Take it how exactly how I read it. And in Exodus 4, 10 through 12, it's in the dialogue between God and Moses, goes like this. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech, and I'm slow of tongue. So after God clearly calls Moses, is clear what he, what he wants Moses to do, Moses has what he thinks is a rebuttal unto God. I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I'm slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. Whether that be a stutter, whether that be a speech impediment of some kind, maybe it was re he got really anxious about things. Maybe it was stage fright of some kind, but, but to me, it would indicate that Moses, the one God had chosen to be his speaker and lead the children out of 400 years of bondage, may have had some type of disability. I want that to seek into somebody tonight. I want you to think about that for a minute. God's mouthpiece, the speaker on, on, on behalf of God to the children of Israel, could very well have been disabled. All we know is to take the Bible at its word and Moses tells God, I'm slow of speech, slow of tongue, which means he's telling the Lord, you know that I'm not, I'm not able, right? You, you know that I can't do it like you want me to do it, right? You understand that I'm slow of speech. My tongue just won't do what it's supposed to do and it hasn't for a long time. What could you possibly want to do with me, Lord? What could you possibly want to do? 
If it were a disability in Moses, if it was not a disability, then why would God refer to disabilities in his answer back to Moses? In verse 11, he says, and the Lord said unto him, who hath made man's mouth? Who hath maketh the dumb? Disability. Deaf? Disability. The seeing or the blind? Disability. Have not I the Lord? And this is the part that God laid upon my heart for the people of God for this evening. In verse 12, it says, now go, therefore go, and I will be with thee, and I will teach thee what thou shalt say. God said, I know exactly how you are. I made you that way. I know exactly what you're good at and what you're not good at. I made you that way. You don't have to explain why you can't do something to me. You don't have to explain why it's hard for you to do to me. I know all about it. I know what you're good at. I know what you're terrible at. I know what you struggle with. I know what comes easy for you. I knew about it when the kids would make fun of you at school. I saw all that. I saw that when people would look at you differently. Then they looked at everyone else. I, 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 I saw you go home, go to bed and try to forget about it and just cry yourself to sleep for the 100th time. I've seen all of that. And still, I want you. I want you. I'm careful and I'm respectful when I say this. Your disability did not catch God off guard. Your disability did not catch God off guard. You may be thinking or asking, then why didn't the Lord just heal me of it? If it didn't catch him off guard, why wouldn't he just heal me? The answer is that he can. But maybe he already has. Maybe he already has. I was helping do some production at North American Youth Congress a couple years ago Brother Jack Cunningham was speaking. I was tasked with getting Brother Jack Cunningham all wired up with his mic and all that kind of stuff back in the green room. Somebody caught wind that I was doing all this and came to me and asked me and said, hey, we've got a little girl. We want them to get prayed. She's in a wheelchair. We want, we want Brother Jack Cunningham to pray for her that she would receive her healing tonight. They had like an inside man. I was the inside guy. So she, they, they were like, we'll, 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 if you can get Brother Jack Cunningham to do this, we would love that. Please see what you can do. See what strings you can pull. I said, all right. See what we can do. So I'm, I'm strapping Brother, Brother Cunningham up to his mic and all this stuff in the green room. It's just me and him. And, and, and he, he, wanted it, he wanted it strapped on, on the side of his, of his belt. And we were like, we really need to strap it on the back because the panels and all that kind of stuff in the back, we want to make sure that it gets good reception. Your mic doesn't cut out and anything like that. And he was like, well, I'd really prefer it to be on, on the side of my belt. And I'm like, well, they would really prefer it to be on the back of your belt. And he was like, on the side. And I was like, on the side it is. <laughs> and I said, Brother Cunningham, I just want to put this in your ear. I'm sorry. Uh, Bishop Cunningham, I, I, I'm sorry if this is catching you off guard, but somebody came to me and wants to be prayed. She's in a wheelchair. She wants to be prayed by you after the service. And he looked me, turned around, looked me square in the face. I mean, we're like this. 
And he says, bring her to me. Okay, I'll do it. I will bring her to you. Service was winding down. It was a great service. There were miracle signs and wonders, all of that that was going down. At the end, I see her coming. She's rolling up, and he's coming off, and I'm just like, how am I going to get this guy's attention? So I, I casually go up, and with all due respect, I'm like, okay, the one that I told you about, here she is. We go down there. We begin to pray. We pray hard. I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting this one to get up out of the wheelchair. This is going to be great. We pray and nothing happens. Okay. Well, we pray some more. Nothing happens. The Cunningham pulls me over to the side. And he says, this young lady has already received her healing. I had no idea what that meant. This young lady has already received her healing. We're done here. We're good. To God be the glory. How often do we walk away disappointed that we didn't receive the healing because he didn't heal it the way that we thought it needed to be healed? How often do we pray the repetitive prayer of healing only for God to tell us, who was it again that made man's mouth? Who was it again that formed you in the womb? Who was it again that did all that? I believe it was me. I want somebody to listen up. Just because she didn't get up out of the wheelchair doesn't mean she wasn't healed. Just because the healing hasn't taken the course that we thought that it needed to take doesn't mean that the healing isn't coming. I wish somebody would get this into their spirit tonight because we serve a God who is the creator of all things. He hears all prayers and he understands every situation because it's not just that he's able. He's more than able. It's not just because he's able. He's more Able. I'm so thankful for the able ministries that we have here at Calvary. I'm so thankful for the able ministries that we have that allows our children with disabilities to stay in the presence of God. I was talking with Sister Amy Geralds a little while ago, and she reminded me that able ministries is great for kids, but don't forget the parents. Don't forget the parents and the benefits that it's for our parents as well. Parents that don't want their child being a distraction so they'll just stay home. I want you to think about that. Parents that, 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 that are anxious when, when there's an outburst and people might not understand it so they just stay home. I believe that through this ministry there will be an outpouring I feel this in the Holy Ghost, that there will be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost for our special kids and their parents. I'm proclaiming that in Jesus' name. I'm thankful for Abel, but there is one who is more than able. There is one who is more than able. He's more than able. He can use anyone at any time. He's not just able. He's not just a king. He's the king of kings. <laughs> He's not just uh, the, the, the Lord. He's not just a Lord, but he's the Lord of lords. He's not just a God, but he's the almighty God. 
He's not just a plain old physician. He's the great physician. Not just able. More than able. My home church growing up in Cincinnati had a very strong deaf ministry. Dedicated to, we had a whole section dedicated to the deaf. Had a gentleman that started coming. His name was Tom. Tom didn't have the Holy Ghost. Tom had been witnessed to. Tom started coming. He'd been deaf since birth. He didn't speak. His vocals were just uh, just some, some tone that came out. I remember, I remember watching him seek for the Holy Ghost one night, pouring out everything in sign language. You almost couldn't look at it. You were like, oh man, I don't want to see something I shouldn't. He's really signing over there. Up to that point, I, I don't think that I had witnessed a miracle up to that point. I can't remember in my mind if I had ever witnessed a miracle before on my own with my own eyes. But I remember he was signing away. He was repenting, praising, signing away, and he completely stopped. Completely stopped. And I'm like, oh boy. Eyes wide open. His hands shot straight up in the air. Straight up to heaven. And a miracle took place. But it's not the miracle that you're thinking. It's not the miracle that you're thinking. I watched Tom as he began to speak with other tongues just as clear as you and I do. Having never spoken a day in his life, having never heard anything in his life before, he just raised his hands and God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You might have been thinking that God was going to restore his hearing, but God went on to use Tom to, to witness and to bring multiple people in from the deaf community. He, he began to use him in a mighty way. Sometimes we think that God is supposed to do it according to what we think. Sometimes we believe that God is supposed to do it on, on our account or, or the way that we think. But I'm telling you, God has a plan and he's not just able. He is more than able. God intended a, a totally different type of miracle. He'd go on to use him in a mighty way. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. It may not be physical for you. It may be, it may be mental. Maybe it's your own flesh. Many of you have let some things of this world disable you from doing what God has called you to do. Maybe the conversation between you and God goes something like this. How can I possibly do what you're asking me to do when I have this big issue to deal with? Maybe your disability is one by your own design. I would answer the call, Lord, but I got bills to pay. I would go all in, oh God, but I have to live up and maintain this particular lifestyle. Or my family, man, they, they would probably totally disconnect from me. A disability of our own design. Maybe that could be, the, be answered with the question that the Lord said unto Moses. Who gave you that life in the first place? Who gave you those blessings in the first place? Who allowed you to have a good paying job in that comfortable lifestyle? Who gave you that family that you're so busy providing for? Wasn't it me who gave you all of that in the first place? 
The answer is yes. He can use you. He can do it. Because he's more than able. I noticed something the other day. And I'm hurrying to a close. I noticed something the other day. Maybe this was already talked about and I was just at another campus and I didn't see it. I'm sure that that could happen. But I noticed something the other day. A few months back, Pastor rolled out this year's theme, Mission Forward. Put the little sticker in my wallet. He passed out the stickers. Put it in my wallet. I thought that the creative team did a wonderful job. It was a great graphic, guys. But just the other day, I was reading my Bible and the sticker fell out. And I saw it for the first time. Don't you ever think that the creative team isn't being used by God? Geniuses they are. This whole time, if you could put the graphic up there, mission forward. We've all seen it. Mission forward. This whole time, I thought it was an arrow pointing us forward. Sister Carson, that's a math symbol. That is a math symbol. And it's one that signifies that something is greater than or more than. And I was just reminded this week of the prophecy that was written by Haggai. I was getting all worked up, Pastor, about how we don't have any land and we don't have a building and poor me and I don't know what we're going to do. And I was getting all worked up and I needed, I needed a little something. But Haggai chapter two, verses five through nine. He refers back to the children of Israel in this prophecy. It says, according to the word that I have coveted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear not, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, a little while, and it will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. I don't know if you're all getting it. I, I, we, we are in a spot where we need God to do something big. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. He's got it all under control. He's got it all under control because he's more than able. He is greater than your disability. He is beyond what we could ask or even think. There is no problem. There is no personal issue. There is no private matter. There is no public matter. No diagnosis. No family history. No spiritual history. There is no disability that God cannot heal that God cannot solve, that God cannot renew, that God cannot expunge, that God cannot make clean, that God will not reverse or bring back to life because he is more than able. Stand with me all across this building. Oh, God. Oh. To the parents of the kids with special needs. 
God chose Amram and Jochebed to have baby Moses because he knew that they could do what needed to be done. He knew they would come up with a plan. He knew that they would raise him the right way. He knew that they would be at the right place at the right time. Parents, special needs kids, God chose you. You got to receive that into your spirit. God chose you. He chose you to raise that child with special needs because he knew you could. He knew you could. He selected you specifically because he knew that you would have what it takes. I know the daily challenges don't feel like it sometimes, but God will be more than what you need because he is more than able. How could you possibly know that, Brother Sizemore? You have no idea of the daily challenges that we have to face. For the last 40 years, this coming July, I've watched my mom and dad raise my younger sister, who's mentally handicapped. I've seen every heartache. I've seen every disappointment. I've seen every misdiagnosis. Special program, special program. Feelings of helplessness. Feelings of being overwhelmed. Even the disagreements that come drive emotions to the breaking point. Seen it all for 40 years. I've witnessed it firsthand. Amram and Jochebed. It won't be easy. There are going to be some hard decisions that you're going to have to make. You're going to need to get creative. But he chose you because he knew you could. He chose you because he knew you could. Sister Collins, they're still worth it. They're still worth it. Every battle, they're still worth it. Every tragedy, they're still worth it. Every challenge, they're still worth it. Keep training them. Keep loving them. Keep clothing them. Keep feeding them the word of God. Keep praying over them. Keep bringing them to church. Because they're still worth it. I watched as my mom and dad. Trying to pastor a church. Trying to raise other kids. Trying to have a, just have a healthy marriage. Trying to provide. And if you ask them today. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they would tell you we may not have been able all the time. She might not be able all the time. But God has proven time and time again that he is more than able. If God thought that you needed more ability, he would have created you with more ability. If God thought you needed more ability, he would have created you with it. Oh, if only I had talent. If only I could preach like Brother Carson preaches. 
If only I could do this. If only I could do that. There are people who believe in their ability. Or there are people that believe that their ability is in conflict with what God is asking them to do or calling them to do. But I've come to tell those people, whether it be physical, whether it be mental, whether it be spiritual, God is not asking you to trust in your own ability. He's asking you to trust in his. He's asking you to trust in him. Acts would go on to record the preacher, Stephen, preaching to people about the same Moses that we just talked about. Who said that he was slow in speech and slow of tongue. But Stephen records and gives him a much different account. He said he was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. From slow in speech to mighty in words and deeds, not because he was able to do it on his own, but because he was willing and God was more than able. I want you to bow your head all across this place. I know that there are several various disabilities that are represented all across this place. I've seen them. I've watched. I've been stirred when they come to the altar and pray. I've been moved by their mama and daddy just trying to listen to the word of God while they wrangle kids. And what I'm trying to tell you is that he is going to use those kids. He's going to use those that think. And I'm not just talking about the physically disabled. I'm talking about the, maybe the mentally disabled. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the spiritually disabled. Maybe for somebody has just gotten a self-inflicted disability. Somebody that thinks they're less than what they really are. God knows exactly where you are. And he wants to use you still. I'm going to open up these altars. And we're going to pray. And if you feel your need to come, I understand that some of our special needs kids, you don't, want, you don't need to like just go after them in prayer. You need to be careful about that. But I believe that God wants to do something. The other night when I watched this young deaf lady, and I don't mean to embarrass her, but get baptized, my heart was full because I knew that God was on the move. And he was confirming some things. I want you to raise your hands toward heaven all across this place. And let's pray. God, right now, I really don't even know, God, how you want me to do this altar call, Lord. All I know, oh Lord Jesus, is that I trust in you. All I know is I'm laying it at your feet. All that I know, oh God, is that I'm laying my abilities. I'm casting my cares. I'm laying it all down before you, oh God. Come on, somebody, if you believe that God wants to do something, but you've had a little check in your spirit, if you've had a little bit of something inside of you that says, I'm not worthy, or I'm not able, or I'm not going to be able to do it on my own, you're in good company tonight. You're in good company tonight. None of us are worthy. <laughs> None of us are able. None of us thought that we could, if not for God if not for Jesus because he's more than able he's more than able